Hey friends, welcome to Let's Be Clear. I am Clear Cherry Reeves and this is a podcast where we get clear, pun intended, about how to find a kingdom perspective in all things. No, really, all things. Whether it be about pursuing your dreams, finding hope and hardship, or just talking about Jesus, we will get raw and honest. I believe it will encourage you. Now, let's dig in. Hey guys, happy Monday. How are you? I hope that wherever you find yourself and whatever you are up to, that you are having a peaceful and productive day. Um, Thank you for taking some time to listen in. Um, I hope this episode is going to encourage you. Last week, we talked about the power of forgiveness. And honestly, hearing y'all's stories and reading y'all's messages about that topic I don't know um, why they surprised me, but I was just blown away by how much everyone could relate to the difficulty and the necessity of forgiveness, especially right now. Um, if you didn't listen to that episode, I heavily suggest listening because forgiveness is one of those topics where it really does determine our everyday demeanor and posture. And it's so crucial to understanding the heart of Jesus. And so even if we feel like we're really good, maybe at forgiving people, um, or we don't feel like there's things that we're struggling to be forgiven for, I think it's really important that you listen. So I encourage you to go back um, if you've not already. But this week, we are talking about one of my newly favorite, is that the right way to say it? I don't know, uh, words rhythm okay rhythm and I think this is another word that's so good for the beginning of the year so but before we get going we are going to do a rhythm that we always do with this podcast which is refocusing so if you can close your eyes if you can't no worries Um, we're going to refocus together okay f fix your eyes on Jesus o open your heart to receive c calm your mind you unplug from distractions s saturate your soul in him (sighs) and that's all you listen to doesn't it help you take a deep breath i say that every time because it really does and sometimes i think we forget to breathe in the craziness of our everyday lives we tend to be holding our breath so i hope that helps you just take a deep breath listen in recalibrate um So this week, like I said, we are going to be talking about the word rhythm. And obviously, I'm recording this in January. But if you're listening and it's not January, this word is always pertinent and relevant. And it's so, such one of those words where when we really understand what it means and how Jesus talks about it, it's really powerful. So I'm excited um, for us to dig into this word And, you know, the new year brings a lot of talk about the word rhythm um, or the word resolutions per se, okay? Goals and and setting, um, and we talked about that in in past episodes, but I think what I've seen be more effective for me and my personality and tendencies is finding and establishing new rhythms. And then those rhythms help us achieve our goals. So I still think setting goals is important and it's helpful, 
because they serve as markers along the way. They give us tangible, quantifiable, all those things, especially when we're in a group or a team. It gives us a collective marker to, to gun for, right? But I think these rhythms are truly a way of life. They are the process that allows us to bite the elephant one bite at a time, okay? So the truth is not that we need rhythms because here's the thing, we all currently have them. They are the summarization of how we operate. The question is, do our rhythms support the people we want to be and the legacy we hope to leave? Okay, so that's the question, the really big overarching question that I want you to ponder as you listen to this podcast and when you finish and you're going about your day is to really go, hey, do my rhythms support the person I want to be and the legacy I hope I leave? It's a big question. Um, So first getting started, what is a rhythm defined as? A rhythm is a movement or a procedure with uniform or patterned recurrence of a beat, accent, or the like. Okay, so it's repetitive. It's a movement or a procedure. It's putting action, um, life to something and doing it repetitively. Okay, and that rep- repetitive action, verbiage, sound, anything makes a melody or a harmony for our lives that then become the fabric of who we are. Um, and why is rhythm important? Well, our pace is just as important as our view. Because here's the thing, rhythm is really, it is our pace. It's how we operate. And a lot of times I think we focus on the view or what we see or what we're gunning for, like what we hope we see on the mountaintop. But here's the thing, is with our pace, if our pace is too slow, we'll barely get to see the view, especially at the top, really what what we hope to see, right? But if it's too fast, we are going too quickly so that we can't even absorb it. Right, we're we're working at breakneck speed, which we are probably all very used to, and that's why 2020 was really hard because it slowed a lot of us down. And I think it really made us look in the mirror and say, "What are my rhythms? And why do I feel like I'm exhausted? And is there a reason why I'm having trouble sustaining them? Or am I including extra things that are not meant to be part of the rhythm of the life that Jesus has for me?" Um, and so y'all know how much I love alliteration. So I came up with several S words because I feel like that will help us remember them. And these words help us stay on a steady rhythm. So these are how to stay steady, okay? To really attack this year with intention and then action behind that intention. Because at the end of 2021, we don't want to be people who were just really good at coming up with good ideas and setting good intentions. We want to be people who believed a good God, the good God, and set good intentions but followed up with actions behind those intentions. And that is all possible through the rhythms that we cultivate, okay? So this first one is surrender. And I mentioned this first is because I think we can really establish good groundwork In order to establish that good groundwork, we have to surrender our expectations, our need for perfection, our regret, and all the stuff that keeps us from running forward. Pretty much our ankle weights. What are they? Because how are we going to pick up new healthy rhythms and put our hands to the plow if they're weighed down 
with what we haven't done or things we wish we had or idea of perfection or the box that we put ourselves in, all of that just keeps us stagnant, right? It stumps us from moving forward. Luke 9, 23 says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Y'all, all good and lasting rhythms begin with surrendering what we don't control to the one that does. And as we learn to trust him, the pace of grace sets our course. See, the start of every, every good rhythm is denying ourselves. And that is so countercultural. It's so difficult for us, but it is truly the way that we recalibrate and go, you know what? As I surrender to the one that really does have control and I learn to trust him, I can set healthy rhythms that align with his word and make sense for my life and where I'm at. So the first one, surrender. The second is simplify. Y'all, a lot of times I think we fail to meet these goals or establish healthier habits because we make it really hard on ourselves. Like, for example, we desire to work out and be healthy, but we go to bed late, so we're tired the next day, and we keep tubs of ice cream in the freezer. Like, hey, you're not really helping yourself out there, you know? And then we want to be better about putting our phone away and being present, but we keep our notifications on and our phone right beside us. So it's like we have these good intentions and what we know is probably healthier for our lives, but we're not really serious about getting to the other side, right? If we really want to get serious about walking with him and setting a different definition of normal, unlike the culture around us, we have to set up ourselves for success. Also, when I think about this word simplify, something that kept coming to my mind when I was Um, preparing to talk to you guys about this is I think sometimes the most powerful question we can ask ourselves is if I knew that Jesus was coming back tomorrow or next week how would I spend today and these last moments and I don't mean that you would go to Baskin Robbins and eat your way to ice cream and spend all your money okay it's not wise what I'm saying is is like heaven what heaven does is heaven simplifies our everyday routines, bringing urgency to what is eternal, giving us heaven's perspective, and removing priority from what is not. So I think as we ask ourselves, we simplify, a lot of times our priorities or the things that are taking up so much space in our lives, like imagine if you have a box and you have all these different things and you keep putting these, like, I don't know what we're feeling, let's say a vase that represents um someone's expectations of how you should fulfill your time right okay and we keep putting it back these things back in our box taking up room frustrated a that it's heavy and b that we don't have room for other stuff like where's our margin where's our time what we really need to do is simplify like jesus is like hey question did i ever ask you to put that in there is that really important to me And so I think as we remember this verse from Matthew, I think it'll help us take a step back and simplify. Like, what does he ask us to do? What's important to him? What are Jesus's priorities? Are they reflected in the life that I live? Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. Y'all, as we seek the kingdom first, he shows us how to number 
the rest of it. That's He's so good at it. He is the creator of time and the giver of all gifts and the one who gave us capability and the one who has imparted passion into our hearts and has big purpose and big dreams for us. And so as we seek him, he will tell us how to fill our time and what to put our hands to and what rhythms as a person that we need to operate in that really allow us to not just survive and like get through the day, but to thrive. And I know that sounds so cheesy, but you guys, I sometimes wonder if we just become used to this definition of normal and God's like, that's not what I want for you. I want, I want you to flourish. I, I want you to be an example of somebody who wakes up and is yearning to go live the day because they are expectant that I'm going to show up in their lives. And so I want us to really take a step back and say, Lord, what's it look like to simplify my schedule, my time, my life, my energy, my resources, my family, my traditions, all these things through the lens of heaven? What does that look like? So I challenge you to ask yourself that. So the first one is surrender, simplify. The third one is sleep. Y'all, the fact that I am talking about the importance of sleep, I know I will be catching some flack from my friends and family because I do not currently get enough sleep. Let me just be totally honest with you guys. Um, However, it's really something that I know God is working on me with because I really do believe especially now more than ever in my weeks, the older I get, that sleep's so crucial for your health and mental well-being. And I mean, we know there's so many studies talking about it. Um, But honestly, I still think we have a hard time really realizing how much that matters. Um, And so as I was just thinking about this with this rhythm of sleep, some things that I have done to try and better my sleep patterns, because I know I know it's something that I struggle with. Um, it's putting you know my phone away from my bedside table and using the Alexa for an alarm, which Alexa literally just lit up in my office because she hears me talking. Um, and that has been really helpful because then it's away and I'm, I'm not needing it for an alarm and it's not right beside um, my head because honestly it's like we know it's just weird how muscle memory will just go and grab it like we'll wake up if my phone's right beside me when I wake up I'm checking emails and I know that's not healthy for my mindset so I have to be really careful like if I really want good sleep then I need to position myself accordingly two is like use the noise machine there's a reason I think why babies use noise machines and then reading or doing something that puts my mind at ease before bed instead of scrolling Instagram or watching the news. You know, I mean, let's be honest, that's not probably best for our sleep, for our dreams, for our mindset in general. Um, We can say whatever we want, but the reality is, is that when we start to scroll or we start to read, our brain inherently starts to ask the question, how does that affect my life? And so even as we're trying to lay there, we start, that, that's when that snowball starts, right? We're not even realizing that our brain picked up the question and now it's already trying to solve problems that we have no control over. And it affects our sleep. And so I just think this is such an important rhythm and thing to consider as we set rhythms. Um, and Psalm 127 too says, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. 
I just love that because I think it's like, man, we really do a lot of times toil and work so hard, which I think God is honored when we work hard, right? We honor him with our work ethic and that's important. But man, he created us to live from a posture of rest and to get good sleep. And I can't even remember as I'm talking, um, I should have looked it up. There's literally a Bible story and essentially what, um, what he's told, and I can't remember who it is in the Bible that is experiencing this, but they literally tell him, hey man, you probably just need to eat like he's he think he's freaking out and he's like they're like, you probably just need to eat and take a nap like you just need some rest you know it's really good for you and then when you wake up you'll probably assess things a little bit differently um rebecca lyons has a book that's called rhythms of renewal and i highly suggest it if you've not read it before um but and i was going to go down a whole other track when i first started preparing for this but i just felt like this specific thing that i'm the different S words that I'm giving you guys was more important than going through specific rhythms per se. Um, But anyway, in her book, she talks about four different rhythms that are necessary for our lives. Restore, rest, connect, create. And um, these rhythms mean different things for different people, right? But the point is that they're all necessary and they're all circular. So I think we have to realize, honestly, this is important, I think, as you're listening to really think about you know, which rhythms you're stronger at and come more naturally by, and then which ones are going to require a little bit more intention for you and your life. And for me, um, sleep is something that's a little bit more difficult. Like it's not something I necessarily love to do every time I wake up and go, why did I fight that? Like, I know it's necessary. I I don't think I'm holier or more able or more successful by staying up or not, or not getting good sleep. I feel the ramifications of not doing it. I witness the power of other people prioritizing it. Um, but sometimes y'all I've realized it kind of comes back to this lie is that I tend to believe the lie that I'm only as valuable as what I can offer or do and out of that lie I sometimes struggle to rest and and sleep and so knowing this about my heart and my personality and what I'm working through with the Lord is knowing that it can be a pitfall pitfall for me means I really have to be wise about my schedule and really be intentional about that and and be okay with the fact that honestly that's something I'm not great at like I think sometimes we fight, like we learn things about ourselves and we fight the fact that it's our reality, if that makes sense. Like we we want it to not be, so we operate as if it's not. But the case is, is we're all different and we all have strengths, but we all have weaknesses. And so if we can understand um, what that kryptonite is for our lives and what those areas are that are harder for us, um, then we can set boundaries that are wise so that we can honor God with our time, that we can honor God with the way that we live and what we're doing and our rest um, and our sleep so that when we wake up, we can be effective people, right? My brain operates so much better when I'm sleeping. And so I think that's really important. So surrender, simplify, sleep. The fourth one is survey your time. Okay, we tend to believe, I think, that this myth that if we have good intentions with our time, we will live balanced lives. But I think life has a way of sneaking up on us. And we tend to be pretty good about deceiving ourselves. And the truth is this, is that we make time 
for what we believe is important. Our schedule reveals what we truly value. If our planning does not align with what we prioritize, something must shift. So I want you to think about your schedule. I want you to survey your time as you're kind of listening or when you finish this up, I want you to really think about it. When you look at your schedule and you think about your priorities, do they line up? If not, what doesn't? Why? What's the first thing that you think of when you think of this question? Because that is worth paying attention to. You know, I've learned that the Holy Spirit is really good about when when a question is asked, we tend to want to run from the answer that immediately comes up because it's something we usually need to confront. And so I think this is really important. Like what comes to your mind? And when you really survey, okay, this is the person I want to be. This is the life I want to lead. This is the legacy I want to leave. Well, what does that mean for your time? And, you know, the priorities that you say that you have on Sunday, are they reflected in your Monday through Friday? You know, I mean, it's a fair question to ask all of us. And a big thing, I think, um, and it's honestly like an epidemic. I know it's a strong word, especially considering what we're walking through. But in our culture is is the work-life balance. And we've normalized, um, and I think we all fall prey to this, this addiction to something simply because we want the outcome we think it will give us. Okay, let me say that one more time. We have normalized an addiction to something simply because we think or simply because we want the outcome that we think it will give us, a.k.a. the financial security, the notability, the accolades, the lifestyle, you name it, whatever it is. What's on the other side of that thing is what we believe, okay, well, we're going to essentially sacrifice our soul to get it. And according to a um, Harvard Business School survey, y'all looking up stats sometimes when I prepare for this podcast just to give you guys some like true factual information um, is wild. It always blows my mind. But according to a Harvard Business School um, survey, 94% of working professionals reported working more than 50 hours per week and nearly half said they worked more than 65 hours per week. That's a lot. That's a lot considering we do need sleep. We have to eat. A lot of us have kids. If not, we have, you know, just friends, relationships, obligations, and then just like existing, right? And work is important. And we were created to work. I mean, when Adam was created, that was the Lord literally taught, like he says, you know, this is for man to, to cultivate this ground. We were created to work. Work is not the bad guy. Um, but it's what we turn work into, right? And this goes for all types of careers. But work was never intended to become our identity or source of stability, ever. That position was always reserved for Jesus. And this is honestly why um, I included the section in the Focus Devotional called Taking Inventory, where you really pause And you assess how you implemented the word of the week and what God's revealing to you. So there's several questions for each word. And really the thought behind including that portion of the devotional, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can look in the show notes. And this is, we're going through a word each week and and you can find that on Amazon or on our website. But anyway, so with this taking inventory portion is a lot of times we just have this consummation of 
information, right? Or we just go at this speed and and our pace is crazy that we are not actually serving. And so this taking inventory portion is getting real and getting raw and getting honest about what we are actually doing with the wisdom that we are that we learn and th- and the truth that we know from scripture and the experience that that we have and what we've learned and what we are doing with it right the application of that wisdom in our lives and so with surveying our time i think it forces us to get real and honest about where we're at like what rhythms are we letting remain that aren't reflective of the life we want to live and the legacy we want to leave? It's like the question I asked at the beginning. Really getting to the crux of that. What are we saying with our time? And what rhythms are we not implementing that we need to in order to ensure we don't just let life pass us by? Things don't happen on accident. You know, um, I think it's Andy Stanley has a, he said that we don't drift in good directions. We discipline ourselves there. And that is so true. Your life will not, especially culture and the pressures of who we're around, the things that we see, um, our temptations, all of those things. Like they're, they're not going to push us to be just people who have incredibly healthy rhythms, right? Um, everything, I, re- I remember someone telling me they they held open they said hold open your hand okay so if you're listening hold open your hand and that space like if imagine you're holding something and they said okay imagine this is like the amount of time that you have whatever like whatever job that you do right it will fill whatever time you give it in other words it's not like it's going to fill half of your hand and say, now go just rest, right? Go the, the rest of this time, just go do what you need to do. Or, hey, you've been wanting to spend some time with some friends. You have about a quarter left. Go go do that. Go take that walk. Go get that coffee. No, what it's going to do is it's literally going to fill and suck us dry of every bit of time that we have open in our hands. And so we really have to survey our time and be intentional with it. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. That's powerful. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect, which is Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. We have to survey our time and choose a different route, right? The next one. So, so far we have surrender. Simplify, sleep, survey your time, and then the next one, schedule intentional time. Okay, so as you survey, then you schedule, right? With surveying our time, this is where this next one allows us to operate. As we create margin and we get intentional with spending time, with doing things and hanging out with people that fill our cup, okay? Life will always feel busy like we were talking about with with your hand open, Um, But when we live reactionary, like life will always feel busy and full. But when we pause to survey our time, we see that margin is possible. It just will require us to say yes to some things and no to some others. And like for me, I really love to go on walks with friends and have fun, intentional conversation. I literally did it right before I'm recording this podcast. I love being active and working out and mentally staying healthy and in check. And I need time with others that pour life into me 
ask me the hard questions and help me dream and do. Also, a big thing in this realm is scheduling intentional time with your spouse. So like for my husband and I, both of us are kinetic thinkers. And so walking and talking is really helpful for our communication. But he like with with his job and what he does and how he operates, he kind of needs a heads up when I'm like, hey, I'm going to need you to be emotionally available. I say all of this to say that we've really got to schedule some intentional time to establish rhythms so that we can have good communication with others, with ourselves, and for really placing ourselves and positioning ourselves to where we fill our own cup, right? So that we're not emptying out. This is when we get to that state of burnout and exhaustion to where we're just tired. We're tired of being tired is usually what happens when we aren't intentional with our time. And so my question for you is this, what lives you? Like what and who bring you joy? And then once you answer that, do you have time built in your schedule to do these things or be with those people? Whether that be hunting, going to the beach for a day, grabbing coffee and walking with a friend every Wednesday morning, going to dinner, And then Bible study every Wednesday night with some friends, getting up Saturday and putting your hands to a specific craft or whatever. These rhythms that really are intentional. Here's the thing. It's almost like with um, budgeting, right? Or this is how I feel about it at least, is that if I know, okay, I'm going to take $40 out of my budget every month and it's going to this specific thing. Well, I don't usually miss it, right? Because mentally, I've already prepared for that to be the case. I have learned that in my own life, if I schedule on Wednesdays, I'm getting coffee with someone and on Thursdays, I'm doing this at three o'clock and these are two rhythms that will help me fill my cup. I have learned that if I schedule that, it's almost like a doctor's appointment. I I don't stand it up. It's I treat it like it's important. It's significant. I know it's helpful for when I return to work for my mind to stay healthy And honestly, I'm way more effective with my time because I know they're already built in. I don't know if it's like with budgeting where when we know that certain things are coming out, we're more responsible with what we have left in the bowl. But I don't know. That's just how that that's something that I've realized that that I think is really healthy. Um, And two, then I think our anxiety is kind of stripped, you know, from we don't worry as much about oh maintaining those relationships or communicating or um, FOMO or anything like that because we've scheduled intentional time to do things that life us and to be around people that life us so I don't know I just think that's important for me personally so I wanted to share it Um, and also when we create margin for the things and people that help our soul breathe we make space for the things God wants to reveal to us for me as a writer and even like with podcast material you know I am really more encouraging and helpful and effective for you guys if my heart my soul my mind my body if they are present and and able when I am sitting here talking to you and in order for that to be the case I need to be intentional with my time when I'm away right so so far we have surrender simplify sleep survey your time schedule intentional time the next one is sabbath y'all to be honest when i used to hear this word i didn't really understand i didn't really understand it and i am going to do a podcast episode on this word because i'm barely going to skim the surface and there's so much to it it's really rich i think it's important but we're just going to briefly touch on it 
Um, but it felt like Christianese, you know, I couldn't wrap my mind about what really God intended the Sabbath to be. Um, Genesis 2, 3 says, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So this scripture is talking about right after God created the world in six days and he saw that it was good. And after that, he rested. And I think we hear this. And so then we immediately associate the Sabbath with just not working, right? Ceasing from labor. Basically, we chilling. Like that's what we assume the Sabbath to be. But the more that I've dived into scripture and studied what it's about, the Sabbath is really a time when we create space and space and it's special um, for Jesus to operate in a unique way. And in other words, too, I think we honor Jesus by choosing to believe that when we stop and remember him and all that he's done and made, that he can do with our time what we cannot, right? So when, as, we, as we choose to give our time and to really set it aside for him, it's a practical way of saying, you are God, I am not, and all that I am, all that I do, and all that I have is because of you. So, you know... Sabbath is also one of those, it's one of those things where um, it's really, I don't mean up to a personal interpretation. I need to do a whole podcast episode, as I mentioned, but I think this rhythm is really crucial. Um, If God did it as he made the world and established order, how much more important is it for us to rest? And I don't mean like we've already talked about sleep, so I don't mean sleep. What I mean is like rest, like operating from a posture of he is God, he's in control, I am not, and it is well with my soul. And I've heard it said that if you work with your hands usually, like during the week, then you Sabbath with your mind. And if you work with your mind, it's really good and healthy to Sabbath with your hands. So for me, getting off like my mind off the usual hamster wheel, especially with creation of content and things like that, is intentionally putting my hands to something, like some activity or something like that. And, you know, when I think about Sabbath, I think God really intentionally established some rhythms as soon as he created order, like like I was saying, and aligned the stars. And these rhythms, like Sabbath, are for the protection of our souls and the preservation of our time. Because I think, you know, he, he knew us before we ever came to be. He created us. He knew that we would continually work ourselves to the bone. But out of doing that, we tend to elevate our pride and decrease our self-awareness of the fact that it's only by him and through him that anything comes to pass. So whether this, whether your Sabbath includes painting or writing or reading or taking a long walk or grabbing breakfast and I know we talked about some of these things when I talked about scheduling intentional time, but Sabbath is something where we really operate from this posture of rest. It's not about a to-do list. It's not about um, FOMO. It's not about, it's, it's about really honoring God and unplugging and realizing the importance of commemorating him and communing with him and setting aside that time and it being special and creating traditions around this time, whether it's that you have game night with your family and you put away your phones and you operate from a different at a different speed and you just be. Um, but, you know, what I realized, too, is that taking a break to unplug is what allows us to be innovative and effective when we connect. Okay, so I'm going to say that one more time. Taking a break to unplug is what allows us to be innovative and effective 
when we connect. Sabbath is so crucial for the rest of our week. Like if we want to operate from a pace of grace, then we have to have this cadence of rest on Sabbath, okay? Um, and I will do an episode on that because I know it still feels a little bit confusing. Some of you are probably listening. We're like, what is that? Um, but rest, operating from a posture of rest, okay? The last one is saturate. So we have surrender, simplify, sleep, survey your time, schedule intentional time, Sabbath, and saturate. So really with this last one, I think there's anything if we could fully immerse ourselves in whatever we're doing and do it for the glory of God and the good of heaven, we would be set. And I know like you're like, duh, clear. That sounds so simple. But I find for my own self and my particular personality, maybe you can relate that sometimes it has nothing to do, honestly, with what my hands are doing or aren't doing. It has everything to do with the fact that my mind is already traveled forward and my body's mentally wrestling the to-do list that's next. Even when I am doing something I enjoy, that's still something that I that's that's hard, right? And when we walk hand in hand with God, we don't have to worry about experiencing FOMO over what we don't experience. Because every step, every assignment, every moment, he holds it all together. There's reason for it all and there is good and joy within that. And so I just encourage you and whatever you you do today and whatever rhythms you're working to establish because I know those are all personal. We all have different rhythms that we are trying to establish in our lives, remove from our, our lives, assess in our lives, whatever it is that you would saturate yourself in the present. Um, God can redeem time. He can redeem anything, but we don't get time back. And so we can't fully embrace the possibility of the present and see God fully in this place that we are where our feet are standing now if part of our energy and focus is compromised by what's behind or what's ahead, right? Wisdom always stays in the present, reflecting on the past and recalibrating for the future. And so my point with this is that when we saturate ourselves in the present, we become the per- person our future self needs and the person our past selves prayed for, giving all that we have with our eyes set on the gift of today. James 4.14 says, yet you, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And I know in hearing that, you're like, well, that's encouraging. But really it is. Because here's the deal. It's like today's a gift. It is grace. And tomorrow is uncertain. And so if we can unwrap the gift of today, keeping heaven in mind and doing these rhythms sleeping and taking a Sabbath and operating from a posture of rest and scheduling intentional time and surveying our time and simplifying our lives based on the kingdom of heaven and surrendering all of it to him, then we will live a life that pleases him, right? Because what, what is our life? It could, it could be gone tomorrow, but the gift of it today is meant to be fully embraced and to live abundantly. And so, um, And I know that I share acronyms, and this was a lot, and this was long, but rhythm is one of those words where it's just so rich. And so I wanted to share this. This is an acronym that I compulsively made up. I know I do a lot of these um, during quarantine. And so I just wanted to share it. It I found it really helpful as I found rhythms for my own life. So it's to the word rhythm. R, read the word. 
H, have a routine. Y, yoke yourself to similar-minded people. So community. T, take inventory along the way. H, honor God with your priorities. And M, mimic the pace of Jesus. So I just found that helpful for me as I established my own personal rhythms and wanted to share. Um, Every week in the devotional, there is a focus tip. It's a very practical suggestion to help apply this word in our lives. And so this week's is this. When focusing on rhythm, ask God to help you set the perfect cadence, one that will give you peace and abundance. I love that word, cadence. So I'm going to close up with the Monday prayer. I know this has been a longer one, but I hope it encouraged you. Um, Rhythms are crucial. We have them um, no matter whether we are aware of them or not. And so we really got to take some time to pause and think about it and see where we're at. So if you can, close your eyes. If not, no worries. I'm going to close this up and help us refocus our eyes on Jesus, okay? So, dear Jesus, thank you for the gift of another Monday. I am grateful for the grace that greeted me and the opportunity before me. Thank you for meeting me right where I am and for making me feel seen. Will you guide me as I work to live in rhythm with you this week? I know that in seeking you and your kingdom, I find everything else. Help me navigate my time and my energy, putting first things first. I surrender my own agenda. Reassure reassure me of your plans for me. Will you help me apply the wisdom you have already shown me in the daily asks and routines of my life? I want my actions to point to you. Help me prioritize truth by meditating on your word and your ways. Help me get enough sleep so that my mind can be sharp and sound. Amplify my awareness of your sovereignty so that I trust you with all the in-between. I choose to walk in step with you, not rushing ahead or falling behind. The rhythm of grace onto the pathway of peace. What a rich life. In the peaceful, productive, and promising name of Jesus, amen. Okay, you guys, I hope this encouraged you. Um, And whatever you have on your plate today, I hope the rhythm of grace is something that you will just allow it to set Set your pace. Um, walk in Jesus. He will never lead you astray. As always, if this encouraged you, I hope you'll share it on your stories and tag me um, or subscribe to the podcast. And we will have some bonus episodes coming up about friendship, um, maybe one about Sabbath. and some, just some different things. I think they'll really encourage you. So thank you, as always, for listening. Um, I really appreciate you guys. I hope you all have a great week. And that you remember that you are loved and seen by the God who created everything. How awesome is that? All right. Set some good rhythms. You are loved. I will see you next week.